Shut up and sit down. Comment threads and Twitter feeds are easy places for me to set people straight. I have a track record of changing people's minds 100% of the time when I leave angry comments online. I tell you what you should think while also getting the point across that you're a terrible person. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Graham, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. If you can get through this thing, you are definitely mentally tough. I turn my caps lock key on once you start trying to stand up for your own free will. I don't actually stand for anything. I just crusade against everything I don't stand for, which happens to be everything because I don't stand for anything. My purpose in life is to be right. Luckily, I'm always right. My ability to always be right is based on my ability to point out how everybody else is always wrong. If you were an expert, then you too would know that swearing at people is the key to effectively communicating a point. And whoever uses the most capitals and hits the enter key the hardest is the winner of any online argument. You're welcome, world. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Von Dering, and I'm here with Lance Epler. Lance Romance, right here in studio. In studio. In pieces. <laughs> I, I just thought you might be on the road, so I'm always excited to see the you. The plan was to be on the road. We're not on the road yet. Okay. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> or Wednesday or okay. Thursday, but we'll there, see. There will be road coming Roden. up. Roading. <laughs> <laughs> to his right, vigorously texting away on his little iPhone over there, Mr. Evan Price. I'm behind today. What's everybody behind. drinking? Uh, <laughs> I have something different. Oh, I well, don't. I, this got? is my first time drinking this. Ah, uh, ah, uh, aha, aha, sparkling water, and it's blueberry pomegranate. How is it? Uh, it's okay. <laughs> Just okay. Where did you pick that up at? I'd give you a sip, but COVID. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's from QFC. Cool. Yeah. I got some coffee going on. I got nothing. Oh, do I have to get you a drink? Buy this man a drink. <laughs> should I Should I see what's in the uh, cooler? Yeah. Oh. It's going to be ice cold beer. He's going to jack he's my... Gonna, he's probably going to shotgun a beer oh. on, on the microphone in front of everyone. Uh, is there one to the left of that? No. Three, no? My gosh, I, I, my stock is really low. Keg stand. I have Keg a bottle stand. of water. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Nice. <laughs> Evan, what are you drinking? Nothing? I have nothing yet. I'm drinking yet. emails right now, I think. Soak <laughs> up the emails. Evan's multitasking today. Busy kid. We're going to stop multitasking here. I am drinking lake water, basically. Lake water. I can still kind of taste it in my mouth, to be completely yeah. honest, Matt. So, no. <laughs> Fall leaves got a little taste to it. Does it really? Just a little taste. It's not as nice as it's uh, not as nice as horseshoe. Okay. Yeah, I gotta go swim out there. Then. It's more of a it's more of a like Lacroix versus <laughs> like a polar sort of taste. Not nearly. I'll let you decide uh-huh. which one is the better one. Yeah. <laughs> and sitting directly to my left, Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking fantastic this morning, or whenever you're listening to it. Really, <laughs> thank you. I mean, if it's early morning, then you're not looking quite as good because you just haven't prepared like prepared for the day yet. But, you know, I doubt you're listening to this that early. I don't know. Maybe. Why don't you carry on with your backpedal, Matt? Um, mine should be really quick because I'm still planning on getting a bike put together here potentially this week. If we can, it's 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 hard for 
both Jake and I to have any time because we're both swamped with work. Pretty nuts. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so maybe towards the end of the week, we could like build something. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to build something, record it, and then eventually a couple weeks down the road, let that spill out onto the YouTube channel. Uh, but yeah, until then, I do not have a bike. Sold all my bikes. I did spend a ridiculously stupid amount of time fixing my Trek Speed concept, which is still not done yet. And uh, I had a so that it will go on a trainer. So that it will go on a trainer. In the so the stem basically the, there was corrosion on it, and then it split in half. So that's that fast story, and you know, busted my shoulder. Everyone yep. knows that. Uh, but the half that split on there, whatever, like part of it, like was stuck in the stem, and it's kind of this um, uh, mountain shape and like a bra shape covering the mountain so we're trying to do as pg as possible i don't know what i'm talking about but it's like welded together right so like you can't put the new piece in there because there's an, an old piece that's just like rusted and not rusted but corroded and like welded into this shape and so i get the dremel out and i probably spent i get it i'm i'm guessing i spent like that's the sound of the dremel yeah, that was well timed there, Mister. I mean, it's a compressor. I, Matt's actually working on the bike right now as so we talk. I probably spent two or three hours with a Dremel, trying to like get it out and not like drill into the carbon fiber. Have you thought about soaking it in like some CLR or something like that? I don't know these things, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> it was Sunday. I didn't want to bother you. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I spent a long time doing that. Finally got it out. That I actually, pl my plan was to bring it to show you guys like this, like deform what's left of a screw. And you, you know, cause you've cut through it and you can't see any difference between like where one piece started and one piece ended. It's sure. just all like one piece. So spent way too much time doing that. Then you've got to recable and everything. And if you've ever worked on a TT bike, some are smarter built than others. <laughs> and this one is just like such a pain. So that's just, I mean, it's just taking hours and hours. And the mechanic had offered to be like, hey, you know, uh, I can do this for you. It probably costs about a hundred bucks. And I'm like, no, no more money going to Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it exactly like that, but like, I was like, oh no, I'll do it myself. It's only gonna have to go on the trainer anyway. But I do kind of want to ride it because I want to test some like new aero equipment, like an aero meter thing. Uh, but it's been the bane of my existence for this past weekend. And I spent way too much time doing that. And I could have easily had someone else do it for... It wouldn't matter really what they charged me. They could charge me like a ton of money, but whatever. <laughs> worth I it. quite enjoyed the video you put out about that. I, that yeah, bike. I posted a Trek Speed Concept video. And uh, it's gotten a little traction. I don't remember how many people have looked at it, but it's... Everyone's been, I thought I was going to get like, oh no, you're full of it. You're just whiny, you know, bleep, bleep, bleep. And you know, cause you, oh, you had a little fall on your track. Like I just thought people were going to kind of let me have it. And everyone's been like, you know, good argument. There you go. That's uh, shouldn't have happened or oh. blah, blah, blah. Our track should have done things differently. So also, I don't remember from that fall, you being in the arrow bars when you even fell. I, don't know. I think you were on the bullhorns. It's hard to know. I'm like 90% sure you were on the boards because in that email, I know you said they're like, oh, well, when you're in the aero bars, you know, sometimes that happens when you hit bumps. Yeah. I remember you not being in the aero bars. We, there's a stop sign coming up. Yeah. So yeah. I was either moving I'm like 90% sure you were in the bullhorns because right. well, I was right behind you. Yeah. It was one of those things. Well, I definitely was in the aero bars, like coming down yeah, for a little bit. And then I was probably I think you came moving out up it. or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, either way, 
the you should be able to put weight on your well, no, no, no. You know, as as, as we've talked about with Trek, they're they're. I mean, through that email, clearly what they were saying was that when you hit bumps, make sure you're not touching anywhere that just steers the bike. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Good video. I think you're a little too nice, but that's just yeah. My, my <laughs> I know. I was saying the same thing. I loved the video, and I was like, Matt should have gone all in on it. He should have just. Cool. Matt, Matt's <laughs> trying to. He's trying to keep. He's way too. You nice were lawyers in his life. This is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> well, the that's you know in the back of my mind, you're thinking like, okay, legally, I'm allowed to talk about like my experiences. Oh yeah. You're not allowed to like defame or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Misconstrue like, that as bash. Yeah. Yeah. Can't just be like track bikes are horrible. They are yeah. junk. Like you just can't sit there and like bash. I mean, you can, but you probably shouldn't. So yeah, I don't know that 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 part should not have broke like that. Nah. That's just my two cents. So you're being a little on the nice side, which is good. It's good to err on that side. But at the yeah. same time, I would have probably jumped into a little bit more of like showing exactly what happened, and and that just creates a distrust with your bike if you. If this is something that's just going to happen, and especially after you had your buddy that you interviewed yeah. on there talking about, that? like, yeah, I know that. that I'm glad you put that in. That, yeah, that right there, and like, it's crazy. I think people in the comments, somebody else, other people were saying, like, yeah, this is a known issue. It bugs me that Trek hasn't been like, yeah, this well, was a known issue. That they brush the that off that to you, right? Did, did they in the email brush that off to you and be like, oh, well, we haven't heard of anything that's like what that they said. before? They hadn't heard. That's it ridiculous. hasn't come through the warranty yeah. stuff. I'm thinking that they must be like, hey, this recently we haven't seen it or whatever this is an older bike but i also think that the way that they make that part it's very thin through there sure and so it's gonna snap it's gonna yeah. snap on people yeah. so i'm not super confident taking the new piece that they sent me putting it on my bike and doing personally i wouldn't ride that bike yeah. personally i would not ride that bike yeah. for my own safety if, if it's gonna break at some point in time how can you ever be comfortable with that bike yeah right. I know. That's just taking it out. I got <laughs> I'm going, I'm going You'd be out the on it first tonight. person to ever break their clavicle again on the trainer. <laughs> Over <laughs> the handlebars <laughs> on the trainer. It's going downhill on Zwift. Down, <laughs> downhilling on Zwift. How'd you break dangerous. your clavicle? So Rough bike, downhill. Technical downhill. Is the bike done? <laughs> the bike is. So, yeah. Um, it's all cabled up and ready to go. I've got to, like, um, attach the front brakes and then it should be good to go. You're going to beat just tonight? No. You're not going to go do the beaches <laughs> right on that thing? I'm gonna be, when I get my BMC, I'm going out there. So gotcha. We got we got a, a special we, we a got a special guest. guest. We have a guest oh. walking in. Are we gonna convince her to sit down and talk with yeah. us here? You got to say yep. hi for a second on the podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh oh, she comes bearing some goodies here. She's got thirty seconds. Just say hi and what your name is. Oh yeah. Come on in. This could be your mic. I just say hi. Yeah. This is uh <laughs> this is one of our little junior phenoms here. Can you say hi or introduce yourself? Come a little closer, Maddie. Yeah, there you go. Hi, I'm Maddie Wick. Hi, Maddie. She also <laughs> brought cookies for everybody. She brought cookies. So yes, she's not only a junior phenom, she also makes delicious cookies. So she's killing our watts per kilogram <laughs> here, but probably in a I good way. No, I had yesterday. Hey, Maddie, how was your ride this weekend? You did a little juniors ride, right? Yes, I did one with Nels and Alex. Alex, how was that? It was really fun. Yeah, how's your yeah. training coming right now? Oh, it's going really good. Yeah, now that everything's opening up a little bit. I can go places. So. That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where are you feeling the strongest right now? The swim. The swim. Yeah. That's usually you're pretty strong in the pool, though. She's yeah. a superstar yeah. swimmer. Yeah. yeah. She makes me work way too hard every Sunday morning in the water. <laughs> How old that are you, Maddie? Slow. I'm 15. 15. My yeah. goodness. What were you doing when you were 15, Lance? Um, not swimming fast. Not or? swimming fast. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we know Maddie's got to head out, but good seeing you again, Maddie. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank yep. you, Maddie. Bye, Talk Maddie. To you later, Maddie. Cool. What did she bring over there, Evan? She brought us cookies. 
What kind of cookies? How many cookies? There's like two boxes here. Yeah. There's two dozen chocolate chip, chocolate big chip. chocolate chip and chunk chunk. cookies. Yeah, they're chunk right chocolate now. chip. They're all addressed to Matt. Yeah. But why me? I don't understand. I that. hope nobody minds it. Like I'm probably gonna be eating into the microphone here. So. Oh, yeah. Was it? Jake was it? Was it Jake that was? Oh, yeah. Was it Jake that was bothered by the? Was it my chewing, chewing or was it Matt's chewing originally? It's anybody's chewing. I think it was mostly Matt. <laughs> my chewing. Chewing yeah. noises. Because I would always bring over like my Dataza snack and just yeah. eat them into the microphone. I apologize for the first like 20 podcasts to whoever had to listen to that. But <laughs> <laughs> So there's so two boxes funny. of cookies here. How many of these boxes will you eat during the course of the day today, Evan? Oh, God, probably most of them. <laughs> I think it'll be, it'll be a continuous lunch. Does they, this count as a lunch? They do I'm taking good. one of these boxes home. All right. Okay, good. Let's get back on track here, Evan. Why don't you backpedal for us real quick? Okay, so um, I got back into the Zwift racing world on Friday. That's hey. too bad. It was, <laughs> and that, there's my pipe. That, that's and it. that's it. That that's as boring of a bad pedal as it gets. Um, I forgot how bad those races hurt. Like they are so. Those things are so painful. They're absolutely awful. Yeah, it's, but yeah, it was it was good. My my legs were absolutely toast Monday through Thursday. I, I even think I te- did. I text all you guys. I was just like, I feel terrible. I think I sent. I don't think you sent it to me. No, no, no. I may have sent that to Tonk and Mike. I think yeah. I just sent them like I feel like absolute trash. And I did tell Lance on Wednesday. I got 20 minutes into a set of intervals and just that's gave right. Up. And you just, like stopped. Just gave up. Yeah. yeah. You were mentioning that. Yeah, but no. Legs came back Friday. Felt great. Um, I'm really into. A, I'm starting the beginnings of a good running block right now, so I'm really focusing on running. Um, just got done this morning. It's also too bad. I know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, have you guys been around Hag Lake before? Sure. Up there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did that loop on it's, Saturday. It's in the Forest Grove area yeah. um, west Beautiful. of Portland, Portland Oregon. Yeah, about yeah. an hour from where we're at. Yeah. Almost yeah. on the dot, an hour. Um, I got so sunburnt. Got <laughs> as much sun as I could possibly soak up. Uh, we did a little trail run. Cassie rode and swam. I ran and biked, and it was You would like to have a triathlon there. I did. Yeah, I, I want to go and do that triathlon. It's weird because it's it like a starts event. down yeah. there in the parking lot, and you bike like when you start, you go straight up, straight up a hill. <laughs> yeah. So you got everyone like just falls over there. Yeah, that's I, that's a pretty steep hill out of the parking lot. I did an Xterra uh, triathlon. Oh, was there an Xterra there too? Um, that would cool. be cool. I don't I don't know if they still have they, it. They this do. was like do sort of fifteen years ago, but I did they an did Xterra. I think they do. Yeah, yeah. They did the Xterra um, one, but also Y picked up another one. They're doing a trail triathlon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, no, very very cool area though. Did you? No. That's Xterra. That's like big time. Because they have, they may have even hosted like national Xterra there. No, it's maybe that one's in Hawaii. It would anyway, be a good, but it would be a good spot for that. Actually, I think the World Championships in Hawaii for Xterra. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, maybe they hosted so. nationals in Portland. Probably, point, but that's pretty yeah. big. Yeah. It's a it great is. race. Yeah, and then uh, Sunday went out and ran a Forest Park after swimming with the juniors in at Horseshoe. They continue to make me feel nice and slow, nice. which is great. So I'm just gonna. I think I'm resigned to now. At least when it comes to swimming, I'm just gonna take on the coaching responsibility of pretending like I'm there to like get a workout and coach. No, no, I'm just there to coach and make sure everybody's safe. (laughs) Except that deep down, I have to realize, wow, these kids are a lot faster than me. (laughs) There's a realization of my swimming ability. But yeah, um, then this Monday morning, did a little more with the uh, did track workout with the juniors. I've still got some track speed somehow, Matt. I don't know how. I was hitting like 65s easy. Wow. On my fours. Which is very surprising. I was not expecting that. It could have just been one of those good mornings. We'll see next week. But, and then I swam with Matt, and then rushed over here, and there we go. That was a backpedal. Fun. Yeah. Yay. Good times. There we go. Hey, Mr. Crash. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 
here's the back pedal. Duke action. kaboom, crash kaboom, yeah. whatever oh. your name is. I, I don't know anything. I have no idea what happened. Well, crash. I rode I rode six times this week and I crashed on two of them. We should do a forward <laughs> pedal. We should do a forward pedal and just predict how many times this how week Lance is going to crash. <laughs> Uh, I, I did have a couple of good things that happened this week. Um, I had some uh, a buddy, one of my college buddies, Cam Nosler, came into town, and so I'm like, hey, he he was coming. To, he he's a pilot for Southwest, and so he can kind of go anywhere. So he comes into town to see either me or my buddy for their dental work. Now he doesn't see me anymore. He sees my buddy who's right. over across town. But uh, he, uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, what are we gonna do tonight? Let's go mountain biking. He's like, yeah. Because I've got an extra mountain bike right now. He's like, okay, we'll go mountain biking. And we actually, Jake ended up meeting us there and we ruined him. He was not, <laughs> he had a bit of a rough go just on the first couple of hills. I saw one of the Strava pictures. There was like a look in his eyes. There was like, oh, he really did not like you guys there for that. <laughs> no. We're like, no, the next part is easier. I swear. The next part is easier. It's going to be fine. And did you guys do Round Lake kind of stuff back yeah, then? Yeah. Yeah. We okay. we started there at Lackamas Lake and rode around Round Lake and did a couple of the trails around there. Some of that just- stuff is pretty technical a lot of rocks it's just the it's just the uphills to get to the fun part is hard if you're not fit and we underestimated that well he's been off a little bit he's recovering from a pretty serious um leg injury so he fractured his femur um almost two and a half years ago snapped it in half in a in a skydiving accident yeah I mean, well, was it just like the fall well, from it, or was it actually? It was more like a paragliding accident. He, okay. He had, he had a. He's a pilot, and so he had a, a van propelled paraglider. You know how you put those big, huge van, motors yeah. on yeah. your back, and yeah. you can like take off from yeah. wherever. He was coming in uh, for a landing, and the wind caught him, and he hit his truck, his own truck. Mm. He it and he oh snapped his femur. What are the odds of you hitting your own truck? That's crazy. yeah. It was and it was like the second time. It, it was it was a uh, it was like the second time he flew on the thing. It was just a bad deal. So second he, and the last, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he sold it shortly after that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's had a rough couple of years trying to recover from this. Yeah, broken femur. I mean, it, it snapped his femur. He had yeah. to. Like, he, he's got surgically repaired surgically rod, repaired yeah. rods and a slightly important weight bearing bone. A little bit. Anyway, before that, he did quite a bit of mountain biking, and he lives in St. George, Utah, which is a fantastic Beautiful, place. Right. There's great mountain biking all around there. So I thought, hey, let's go mountain biking, and then we just we just hurt him even more. Sorry, Cam. Still love you. <laughs> yeah. It's a good sport, though. He, uh, he came out and gave it a good go. He did. It's and cool he's like, he uh, you guys keep going. I'm just going to go back to the van. I'm just <laughs> going to chill. <laughs> <laughs> so and we get back to the van, and... And he's laying on the sidewalk on his back like he's dead. <laughs> okay, if I can't make fun Poor of my uh, college Poor buddy. Yeah. So apparently laughing at my college buddy was very bad karma. Oh, bad. I, oh, so that was the day before? <laughs> it was the day before. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that was direct karma. So, and then the next day I'm out riding. Um, I'm just on my road bike. I'm in the in the Fort Vancouver area near downtown um, Vancouver there's a land bridge that goes over yeah. highway 14 yeah. there's one section of the land bridge that is uh, composite decking like plastic yeah. decking yeah. i hit that going too fast my front wheel washed out okay so not too big a deal i hit the thing i just went down on my side i lot didn't hurt my bike i lost some skin i didn't really what does that stuff feel like get to injured hit 
I know it's like that. I like, like I know the material you're talking. Well, about. I slid like crazy, and yeah. I didn't stop until I hit the pavement beyond. It's pretty it. slick. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty slick. Ugh. I just hit it a little too fast. So why were you? What, is, is there a KOM there you wanted no, to take? No, no. I oh, was just he's already got it. I was just <laughs> cruising. <laughs> he created it. <laughs> I, was, I was just cruising along, and yeah, there was somebody I had just gone around, and uh, there was sand in front of the in front of the little bridge oh, area, that's just a bad and so combo. I had. I Were you going up then? No, I was going down. Yeah. Okay. But I was trying to not turn on the sand, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. I ended up getting a little too much speed. And then as I tried to turn um, on the bridge because it's oh, yeah. it's on a corner, and my wheel just washed out. No big deal. You just go down. I just lost skin on my arm. If if you, if you guys can see my yeah, it looks oh, pretty he's bad. Got a, my arm's covered. In it, it just looks like he just took like a black marker and just drew it all over his forearm. <laughs> The scabs are coming along nicely. Yeah, it, thank you. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't look good. No, thank you. No. <laughs> the arm looks way worse than the knee. Doesn't look too bad. Oh, it's like the same spot oh, yeah. on my knee. I've like yeah. ripped the skin off like four times. I have yeah. like permanent scars on my knees. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the forearm's way worse. Cool. Next day felt great, no problem. Went out and you did weren't some, sore at all. I wasn't sore. Wow. No. I, oh, my I'm my really sore. my neck was a little sore, like I like Charted. whiplash. Yeah. You know. You but, run your uh, bell pretty good. No, that wasn't that crash. Oh, <laughs> never mind. I just spoiled the next one. My bad, everybody. My head Spoiler didn't alert. <laughs> yeah. So, rode the next day, no big deal. Um, Wednesday, was it? No, Thursday evening, Jake was going out to do some hot laps around Lacamas Lake with uh, Sean. Okay. And so, I was going to meet them. Um, I had a little bit of time before I headed out there. So, the wind was kind of hopping, and there was a KOM I wanted and the wind was right for it. And so <laughs> I went to which, go which which segment was this? It's called Plan B. Plan B. Okay. It's um it, it's actually a KOM I already have, but but Mike Hamness tied me on it and so I wanted it back. Oh solo. Worth it. Yeah. Definitely worth it, right? It's a <laughs> it's a short KOM, only like thirty seconds. And okay, so it's gotcha. a it's one of these ones where you it's a wind dependent one. It's a it's a and you got to push a thousand or eleven hundred watts for several corners to yeah. make it. It's uphill and has like four corners on it, so you have to hit it at the right speed. Anyway, I come into it really hot. Um, I was going a little too fast coming into it. I'm turning. I'm going uphill, and I went to take a big dig, and my cleat popped out uh-huh. of the pedal. Were you still on an angle too? Were yes. You still cantering. Yeah. I'm. I'm on an angle. Oh, I'm trying to put power on. My cleat popped out, and I'm going so fast. I went right over the bars. Yeah. And just landed right on my side and my head, and um, I ended up breaking some ribs. <laughs> so I hit the ground. I'm scratched up again. I'm thinking, what in the heck? Uh, I I sat up. My bike was, my handlebars were mangled. Oh, no. Was, yeah. there, was there a moment laying on the ground there where you thought, why do I do this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like, this was stupid. Why like, was I going so hard at this? I'm I'm three miles into the ride. I, you know. Oh, so it was like the very beginning of the ride. Yeah, it was too. right at the very beginning. Oh, no. But I thought, okay, I'm all right. I stand up. I fix my handlebars. I realize... I've hit my side pretty good, and my yeah ribs kind of hurt. But I still thought it's okay. I'm just gonna ride it off. 
fix the bike, jump on the bike, and I'm headed out to meet Jake, which was a good 10 miles or 12 miles away where I'm oh, from. Oh, you were by yourself. I was by point. myself. Oh. <laughs> I hadn't met them yet. Oh, my gosh. And I, I, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> well, you hit your head, too. I Well, I hit my my head a little bit <laughs> and i went dizzy i didn't lose consciousness at all yeah but like the room spun once yeah and then I, it all caught back up and i thought okay i'm all right am i okay i had to stand there for a minute somebody <laughs> drove up and just saw me sprawled on the ground are you all right and i'm like yeah i'm good as i'm dripping blood <laughs> i ripped my hand open no now, I don't know if you necessarily had a concussion, but you've had that inner ear thing before where the, the crystals get a little bit of whack. It happened oh, to yeah. me once. Yeah, yeah. where you uh, had with, to stop with you a few times with Matt. Yeah. 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 Do you think that might have been what it was, it, what it, caused the room to spin? I'm sure that's what it was because yeah. my, my helmet's actually fine. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Your helmet's, you just got like little scuffs on just there. Just scuffs on it. No yeah. indentations. Yeah. So I think it just spun the room on me a little bit. You but. can still get a concussion without actual head contact, yeah. though. You do know, yeah. yeah. But I am. I was wearing one of those with a new Giro helmet yeah. that have MIPS. the MIPS technology in it, and my head actually feels okay. fine. It didn't flag it. It. No. it. doesn't have an accelerometer that tries to flag a certain speed where there's like... No, not in, that, not in that helmet. Yeah, the no the MIPS system is to help protect you from rotational forces gotcha. more okay. than a helmet without... The MIPS system. Okay. There's also this Bon, bon Traeger helmet with the honeycomb thing that's yeah. supposed to be pretty I saw good. that, yeah. I mean, yeah. we should look into that. Except yeah. that Bon Traeger's a bon Traeger. I mean, <laughs> the helmet is for looking at, not wearing. <laughs> not wearing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Does the helmet have to touch the handlebars, though, is really the question. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. So you said your handlebars were mangled, but you were able to put it all back together? Uh, yeah. The, so the, the bike headset is, was rotated. Yeah. Both the bike levers, both the brake yeah. levers were pushed in because i was holding on to them so hard that's what he decides you just you it wasn't even the ground you just gripped them in i so gripped them yeah. just like 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 them in so incredible you may have literally like aside from actually breaking rib you may have actually strained an intercostal just from gripping and oh that's possible <laughs> going in that the, hard I, I landed on my arm and my arm like pushed into my compressed into, your compressed ribs. into yeah. my ribs yeah. any any is your bike perfectly fine yeah. Okay. No problems there. Other than the, I, I think I got an air bubble in my my rear brake because the rear brake okay. was not working consistently after that. Well, you never you don't need that when you're descending. No. No. Yeah. Uh, so you met up with those guys. No, I was on my way to meet okay. them, and half and halfway there, I'm like, uh, no. I can't breathe. Abort. I'm not coming. Did you so. get your wife to pick you up, or did you just go home? No, I I rode. 15 more miles to get home very easily yeah very slowly uh and like i hobbled into the house and and i'm like um i just crashed again because it was second time in three days i crashed but i'm okay she's like what we're going to the hospital right now i'm like actually i don't i think i'm okay i i was breathing okay just i just couldn't breathe real deeply long story short next day i did go to the kaiser clinic and say I need a chest film to make sure I did not collapse a lung. Right. And uh, I took the chest film. They're like, nope, you did not collapse a lung. Uh, yes, you did break ribs five and six. So you take it easy, you know. Yeah. So. They're like, get back Broken the- ribs are no good. Yeah. I nope. can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't. You can't cough. Right, no. You can't sneeze. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God, no. It's hard yeah. to sleep. Don't laugh either. I can't. I am. I am. Yeah, it's 
no good. Oh, I've got a I've got a funny story. My my sixty year old mother's tougher than you. She broke her ribs it. in the middle of a sprint triathlon in Worlds and finished the race anyway. She Stupidest really? thing she's ever done. And I told her that was incredibly dumb of her to try and finish that race. But yeah. Well, that's what I thought. Dude, okay, maybe if I fell and broke my ribs, I wouldn't even. I would have called Brandy and be like, "It's time." Well, <laughs> like, I, I, I kind of thought I'm not okay. I'm gonna be okay. I'm just gonna ride this out and see how I feel. And like when I got an an hour later, I'm like, "No, I yeah. can't. No, I can't." Can we just make a podcast rule? Like any decent fall, just go get X-rays. Just do like the those little like clinics or whatever that yeah. are super fast. Like get X-rays. Yeah. They might be like, "Nope, you're fine." Those mm-hmm. they don't cost that much. Like, yeah, move no, on. it was it was worth it for me to go in and to find that I yeah that I didn't collapse along my right. lungs were good there was no issues there you know so I kind of had to do that so hmm cool how are you feeling right now um it, it I took two days off <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then I went out yesterday I just couldn't I'm like just going friggin nuts I had to how, what'd you do yesterday I rode fifty miles oh. <laughs> <laughs> on the gravel bike because the gravel bike is a little the, the cushier. Well, yeah, and then the did you do that did on you the ride road? It on gravel though, um, it's not cushier when you move on to yeah, the gravel. I, yeah, I, I rode. <laughs> I rode the dike trail. I okay. rode the heritage trail. Yeah. Um, wait, the dike trail? I thought that was closed. Well, no, it's closed, closed at a certain like point, yeah. two miles into it. Oh, Instead gotcha. of it being a nice four-mile trail, it's now it's like now. a two-mile trail. So oh, I think okay. it's only like 3.1 or 2, so I think they took about half of that they out. They took about they? half of it out. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. yeah. So, you did some easy stuff. I did some easy stuff. So, naturally, you went for that new KOM, right? Did you just go for the halfway point and then I turn didn't... around and come back and set a segment? <laughs> well, that's the thing. My legs feel great. <laughs> yeah. The legs. I just took two days off, so my legs were like, oh, let's go. I just can't pull on the handlebars. You should probably breathe. spend some time on the trainer now. Shut up! So, <laughs> I, shut your shut your dirty mouth. And rest on Friday if you want to join me. <laughs> I I did take a couple KOMs on the ride yesterday oh on my, my gravel gosh. bike, but that's a different story. You're crazy. So, but yeah, I it actually felt fine to ride. I just need to not crash. You just need to not hit the ground again or now, ride aggressively. This is one of those things where okay, I ride 20 hours a week. I'm on the road all the time. Stuff's gonna happen. Oh yeah, you're you're it, you, little things are gonna happen. Yeah, I don't want this to be something that spooks me off of right. of riding, and I don't want yeah. this to scare people that you know. Okay, broken ribs are no good, but 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 I'm okay. Right. Yeah, I'm just fine. I'm just gonna be in pain for a little while. Yeah, you know, and so yeah. road rash is definitely the most manageable part of it. Yeah, right. it's fine. Yeah. It heals. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm There's quite experienced yeah. with road rash. Yeah. <laughs> I actually yeah. had to shave the hair off my arm because I could see that I, I, different sections because there's it's just not pretty. It's not. Yeah, the road rash it is like rough. the least of. Oh yeah, your, yeah, yeah. It's just it, the biggest thing was: are my lungs okay? Right. Do I have a broken rib that's going to? Uh, then you get a, get one of them. Get yeah. hooked up on one of those COVID machines. Yeah. Breathe for you. No. Yeah. I didn't want that's any what of you that. Need. No. Oh, that would have made for a rough week. You go and they're like, "Oh, and by the way, you're positive for COVID oh, too." I knew you're yeah. <laughs> and you have a pneumothorax. <laughs> <laughs> so rough anyway, week. that was uh, my week. It was a little rough. Great. <laughs> crashed some bikes. <laughs> Luckily, uh, I really didn't get hurt that much. So that much. Yeah. Anyway, you're gonna relative. have to take it easy. Gonna have well, to take it easy this I'm, week. I'm about to leave town. Um, no, but that doesn't mean easy for you. No. no, you're going to be forced off the bike though for a little bit. With yeah, this trip, I'm, right? I'm doing a I'm doing a four day uh, rafting yeah. trip where that's yeah. I don't yeah, think they have bikes be, on rafts. How's the rafting gonna go? 
use the lats. I'm, well, it's, I'm not I'm not paddling. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sitting you on a boat. Chill. I'm just oh, it's chilling. That, it's that style, huh? I yeah. just I have to hold on with my left hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because my right hand, I can't right. really pull hard. That's so. okay. Isn't Lake going to be there? Not Lake, Kelty. Oh, Kelty. Yeah. Kelty can pull for you. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'll be on her boat. Yeah. So. It'll be a good time. She's probably stronger upper body than you anyway now. So uh, after years of cycling, no, that's not true. <laughs> no, dad's dad's always <laughs> at this I, at this I moment have, two broken ribs. Maybe I have old man strength. I can no. I can whoop it all just with my left hand. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Kelsey's hearing this. <laughs> oh, Brandy, man. please show him up this weekend. <laughs> uh, right, I'll it. run through mine real quick and then we'll get on. Yeah, I'm got a lot of yapping. stuff to cover. I'm so yapping and yapping and yapping. <laughs> Carry on here, hey guys. 17 straw entries for me last week. Whoa. 17? 17. Yeah. Holy crap. 17, are, 17 were, rides. Were you like this? Were you like going to the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> rode the bike to the... Mowed my uh, lawn. Arm R- curls. Rode the bike around Arm the curls. Lawn. Those were just beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were all bicycle entries. Nice. Um, I did my first full week uh, of commuting yes, to and commuting. from. Yeah. Yes. So that was awesome. Yeah. I think I saw you on like every commute. Probably. Like, Jake's I've, everywhere. He's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> there were quite a few people that would honk, hey, Jake, or yeah. just waving, or like you'd see people out running or it's riding really or nice. whatever. So it's kind of neat. But um, yeah, it's a just a touch over six miles to get from my house to the lab here. Yeah. And it was, you know, awesome. Like you get here, and I'm like, besides being sweaty, like full of energy. Like I usually have pretty good energy, but even more so. And I just felt like I had a better disposition all day long. And it was like, just wanted to get more work done. So this commuting thing, guys, I think there's something to it. Oh, yeah. Love yeah. it. That's awesome. Yeah, you got like 11 hours in last week. Actually, 11 and a half. 11 and a half Ooh, hours. 200 uh, miles. Jake yeah. got more miles than I did. That's big. That's wow. Yeah. You just need Lance to crash more and Jake to commute to work each yeah. week. <laughs> if I didn't have to go to the doctor on Saturday, that's a whole other thing. Um, I would have done another ride with Sean, which would have been another 40 miles, I think, is what they end up doing. I had to pass on that, though, and then I ended up taking Sunday off. Um, that I'm going to try and make that my off day for a little while, even though I know the next couple Sundays I've got things planned for rides, but neither here nor there. Um, I think that that extra three and a half hours a week of commuting is going to bode well. I yeah. Th- there's a lot of little benefits that come along from that. So um, the the mountain bike ride with Lance was fun. I wasn't supposed to be on a mountain bike yet, but um, don't tell Evan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did see that already. <laughs> yeah. That was still fun, though. I took it really easy, and it was just kind of nice to be on that bike. That bike's super comfortable to ride on, and that full squish is just superb. Yeah. Splendid. And then um, good we, time. the hot laps with Sean and Nels, that was fun. That's a that's a nice little workout. It's a twenty-ish minute little loop around the lake, and there are segments for the one lap, for the two laps, and for the three laps. So you can kind of go out there and chase all of those. And we uh, we went pretty solid and, and set some new marks for each one of those. Well, actually, the the two lap and the three lap times. The the one lap time is still pretty solidly held by uh, Dustin. Dustin. Oh, I thought you had it. I did Th- until oh. Dustin came along. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dustin is a strong, strong man. Yes, he is. So. Yes, he is. The ultimate KOM hunter. Yep. <laughs> Dustin actually tried to do a Y-Easting attempt on a gravel road this last weekend. Oh, he did? He's going to go back out there and do it again, but he blew out on the descent. He, like, destroyed one of his tubeless tires, and they just could, he could not repair it. Couldn't fix it. the tire. Couldn't fix problem. it, but he's going to go out and do it again. Yeah. yeah. So that was my week. Um, let's move on. Ask a PT. Let's see here. I got some questions about Ooh, Here we go. I have so, some ideas. <laughs> and they should oh, all... Let's move away from cycling and move oh, towards that's running. that's hijacking this from me. What? 
This is a running podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure if you knew this, but this is a All running right. podcast. We'll, we'll let it be the running podcast for the next five minutes. Achilles issues. Oh, no, no. I'm doing this in under two minutes. I'm actually setting oh. a timer for myself this okay. time. How about Achilles issues or uh, calf explosion? For old, for, old, <laughs> okay. for old men. Specifically calf explosions. All right. Well, for one, if your calf is actually exposed, exploding, there's probably some other issues. I would immediately see, go to your see doctor. See your doctor. Yeah. See, My see, doctor see the is uh, sitting across the table from me, and he's all scabbed <laughs> up. All scabbed up. <laughs> go, go immediately see your dentist. His yes. recommendation is to go to uh, go all out on some small KOM that correct. you already have. Yes, yes. That's, that is correct. that's his recommendation <laughs> yes. for calf explosion. All right, so two minutes. Achilles tendonitis or Achilles tendinopathy, as I like to I think that in physical right. therapy and medicine, we're starting to shift to calling chronic issues with your, we'll just talk about the Achilles specifically, to be a tendinopathy, which basically just means a tendon dysfunction. A dysfunction in its baseline ability to complete the task you want it to. So, very, very common in top end runners. And not that I'm trying to like toot Matt's horn here, but like it really is generally something that develops in very top end runners. Go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, it's not completing the task that I want it to, which is break two hours in the marathon. <laughs> yes, exactly. It hasn't quite done that for you yet. <laughs> it's failed me. It's completely <laughs> failed me. <laughs> so, when we're talking about attendance ability to load, that is where we're talking about, think about running when you land on that foot, your Achilles has to accept a certain amount of force, and then it has to basically release that force. So like a rebound effect. Right. Think of it that way. It's, it's got a load, and then it's got to release that energy to spring you forward. Literally think of it as a spring. If you take a coil and you compress it and then you let it go, it should be able to spring back. Now, running, you do that a ton of times over right. a very long period of time. You put a certain load in. If it's not able to manage that load, the number one thing you have to do is look at your training. It is generally a training issue. Like volume. Volume, intensity, any anything yeah. there. Once you've looked at that, there's a lot of other things we can work with. And as Matt has known with working with me with PT, a lot of it is imagine that the Achilles has to do more work if you're not stable when you mm -hmm. land on one leg. Right. So imagine trail running. When you trail running, you feel super sloppy all over the place and your legs just feel sore jiggly and you feel like you're losing energy everywhere. That's because you are losing energy everywhere. Sure. And that means your Achilles has to work harder. Your patellar tendon, another very important tendon, has to work harder. So think of the, as, as the efficiency of that load distribution is just as important as the actual loading itself. So what I tell people is you got to look at your training. We got to work on your balance. We got to work on the strength of the calf complex, which is what Matt's been doing a good job of, I think, focusing on over the last year or two, which I don't know when Not you were- Not good enough. <laughs> I would say when you were younger, you probably didn't focus on that as much when yeah. you were running 100 miles a week and everything, which True. when we're young, we can kind of get away with for right. a while. But as, as tendons change as we age- and they do not have this nice coiled rope-like distribution mm. anymore. They start to fray and they start to straighten out a little bit. So it's a different type of tendon. Best example is watch a 20-year-old NBA product jump at 42 inches and watch himself at 40 jump. Not the same. There, there's a reason gotcha. for that. Tendon changes. But yeah, what I do? Ah, oh, that was two minutes, 45 seconds. Almost, <laughs> almost three minutes. I was, I was 45 seconds off. Okay. Good I'm job. glad you set a timer and then didn't uh -huh. look at it. <laughs> I know. I didn't glance at it once. Well, and I, I definitely interrupted you too, so. Well, and I and I treat a lot of Achilles issues in Russia, so it is something I, I really like talking about. That was actually hard to truncate that down yeah, to two totally. minutes, so I'll do better next time, but yeah. Yeah, we've got right. a nice little video that uh, yes, Evan and I put mm -hmm. together, and it's done. I just, it just needs to be uploaded mm -hmm. to YouTube, and it's uh, probably something that you're going to want to check out if you're into this whole running thing. So yep. we'll post that up on the uh, the Dialed 
podcast talking about plyometrics and i swear jake was the one who put the video together did all the editing so it looks awesome if i was the one doing that you might not want to check it out (laughs) i have multiple people at this table who excel with cameras but you know what (laughs) yeah in front of the camera you're the man. I know, That's, right? You're you like, well there. One you're take like one every take single from? time. He doesn't fumble over anything. He's to the point, and just it's seamless. I don't have to edit anything, so it's like super simple. Yeah, but if, but if you handed me a camera and say, take one halfway decent picture, three weeks later, I wouldn't come up with a single one that's worth taking. Yeah, I just wish I had more time to be putting more videos out for Matt. Not Matt, well, Matt too, but Yeah, you need to put more videos out for me to watch. <laughs> so if YouTube wants to just sponsor us, we could just make videos. YouTube does want just to do sponsor it. Yeah, us. I think they do. They're going to give you a Give you ad revenue. In Kirkland, yeah. It's gonna be like a, a penny on the thousand views. So we luck. make million. Hey. Yeah, million. Patreon update. Oh, oh, is that the new Patreon update thing? <laughs> yeah, got some new little things going on here, guys. Sorry, he's got a soundboard. We've got a new Patreon. John Hoffman. John. Oh, very cool. Boy, John, John Hoffman. Hoffman is a triathlete. John may be a oh, triathlete, yeah. but yeah, let yeah. me so little, little story about John. John is also becoming like a little cycling historian. Yeah, which is fun. Very few people want to nerd out with me about like old cycling stuff. He will every couple of weeks bring in a new book for me to be reading. That's cool. I'm reading a seven uh, a book that's a biography of the old Seven Eleven team, the oh, the American uh, team that Andy oh, yeah. Hampstead sure, was on. Yeah. yeah. John knows his stuff. He'll sit there and talk to you about like random stages from the late '90s, early 2000s. Like, wow. he is a cycling historian. He really is. There was a guy. I saw an article. I can't remember his name. The oldest living tour stage winner uh-huh. had a birthday uh, this past week. How old is he? Hundred years old. Wow. Emil Id. Yes. I D E E. Yeah, he just turned 100. When did he win his stage? Winner of stage 13 of the 1949 Tour de France. Oh, yeah, that was World War II. One years also ago. One of the first tours after that the World War That was a good one, guys. Yeah. You guys should have seen a stage win back then. I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> I mean, it was an awesome climbing stage. Tore and up the he just road. Pu- he, put, he put away the whole, uh-huh. the whole peloton. All seven of them. Listen to this. <laughs> they didn't look like they were standing still. The winner of stage 13 of the 1949 Tour de France recalls racing in Nazi-occupied France wow. and winning his national championship. Wow. There are crazy. some stories from those eras that are just... Mu- to think how supported the tour is now, there were time periods where there like losing guys during the tour. Just guys would like would not make it to the next like stage. You're like, all right, I don't know where he's at. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Crazy. Um, anyway, thank you, John Hoffman, for joining the ranks of the uh, Dial Podcast Patreons. Um, our quick spotlight is our Patreon, Mike Back. Mm-hmm. He has been putting together some pretty good training blocks. He last week put in 13.5 hours of training and knocked out a nice wow. little 74 mile bike ride on Saturday. And it looks like he's getting it done out there. So good job, Mike. He's been swimming with us on Sundays, too. Good. Oh, cool. Getting out there and jumping in the water. Yep. Keep training hard, doing cool things. Good job, Mike. Yeah, he yeah. does cool things. Appreciate that. For sure. Hey, we got another new na- little uh, segment here. Um, Mr. Jesse Tonkinson, our good friend of the mm-hmm. show, Jesse Tonkinson, has recently moved to Spokane, Washington, and he is starting his uh, med school program out there with the University of Washington. And he um, and I were chatting, and he has a little thing that he wants to do, so we're going to integrate it into the show. We thought it was kind of a, a neat little thing. We're going to call it the uh, Med Student Minute with Tonk. Med Student Minute? Med Student Minute with Tonk. This is going to be a segment, huh? That's so a little segment. So a lot of pressure, Tonk. And it's a really our best title for so, a segment. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So here's that. Um, hopefully it sounds okay. Um, have a listen. Are you ruining your 365-day training plan with that evening beer? <laughs> What's up, Dialed Podcast? It's nope. your favorite Cat 3 medical student here, Tonk. <laughs> Welcome to the Med Minute, the segment where we dive into some interesting research and help us all become better athletes. Today, we go through the Beer Hit Study, published in May, 
within the Journal of the International Society of Sports Nutrition and was conducted as a doctoral thesis at the University of Granada, Spain. This 10-week placebo-controlled interventional study looks at the impact of one to two drinks of alcohol daily on fitness, strength, and power. Only one to two. High-intensity interval training is well-known and is very efficient in increasing your fitness. Um, Beer drinking, however, has not often been thought of as a well-known way to increase your fitness and maybe even negate a good workout or training day. A brief disclaimer, the study defines um, drinking as moderate, which is 330 milliliters of 5.4% beer daily for women and twice that 660 milliliters of 5.4% beer for men. And that you should talk to your healthcare provider before beginning any nutrition or exercise program, especially if you're at the age or appearance of being a grandparent. And yes, I did just <laughs> talk about beer drinking as a nutrition program. Anyway, let's get into the study. This study has 73 participants who were divided into five groups. Four of these groups participated in the 10 weeks of the HIT program, where the other one was the non-training control. Of the four training groups, two received one to two alcoholic beverages about five days a week, and the other two were given a placebo alcohol-free beer or water. What were the results? The interesting thing within the four training groups was that there was no significant difference in the VO2 max or muscular trait improvements that they all saw. So basically, it didn't matter if they drank or not. I think this is encouraging for many of us who can sometimes start feeling guilty for having, you know, one to two drinks a day, um, either at the end of a workout or, you know, with your spouse at the end of the day. The study also references previous work that their group did showing that the moderate intake of beer did not impair the gain of lean mass after a similar 10-week hit program. So in conclusion, you can get your PhD in anything and relax one to two beers a day won't ruin your 365-day training plan. Next time on Med Minute, I'll explain how couch potato mice can double the number of their new neurons and how you can get a cognitive boost from exercise. Tonk out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tonk. That was pretty cool. I think we just need to make a like subsection of our podcast of just like Tonk's podcast. <laughs> just, like, like, uh, very well spoken. The, the Med Minute there was pretty good, even though it was a couple minutes. But hey, we'll let that slide, right? Hey, you're hey, still no closer con- to Mark than I was. So. No concept of time. Love it. <laughs> you know, time on this podcast anyway is kind of like fish stories, right? It's a big you know, just how, how, How'd you do on that segment? Oh, I was this fast. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that that study. They just so I mean, you, you think about like historically with cycling, like alcohol has always been a part of cycling. It literally used to be what they. I mean, we talk about that 1949 tour. I bet the guy who won that stage drank beer at some point during that stage. <laughs> they all used to. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's. Some benefits to probably laying off it a little bit, but makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> hey, champ. Champ, come here and do the sports for us. Champ Bailey here. Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey. Back in the house. <laughs> a little broken and bruised, but he's here. Is there anything to actually talk about? Uh, Barely. I was good. I didn't. There's actually no, there's week. no real world tour news. It's yeah. all been rumors and Broom. speculation at this point. It's all Froome and Bernal and Bernal saying, yes, I'll work for Froome or Grant if that's what I'm needed to do. But I think he's just walking the party line right now there. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think he'd make a great politician. <laughs> right. I saw that interview with him. I was like, wow, what a wonderful future politician. <laughs> there, there was also rumors that Froome wouldn't even get picked for the Ineos mm-hmm. tour team. I no freaking way. And meanwhile, nobody's talked to Garrett Thomas because no. he doesn't care. Right. <laughs> so. He's getting paid. He doesn't care. No. Just ride his bike. 
So no real world news. Um, around here, we did have a mountain bike race in Bend, Oregon. Oh, yeah. The High Cascade oh, yeah. 100. It was also a Mike Ripley uh, mudslinger event. Okay. Believe it or not. Uh, so it was a 100-mile bike race uh, on mountain bikes. Um, I had not planned on doing it because that sounded terrible to me. It's a very long race. <laughs> it's a very long race. Um, he 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 did the same kind of things he did for his other thing. It was like time trialish format, uh-huh. where there was a there was a timed section that was like seventy seven miles. The rest of it was getting to the start and getting back from the finish. But there was a seventy seven mile section that was timed. Um, he seems to have a system that's working. working. And during COVID, good for. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. My model people may want want to look at here going through the where rest. There's of a will. There's a way. Yeah, yep. very yeah. impressive. It was actually won by yeah. pro mountain biker Stefano Barberi. Wow. Yeah. He came. I, I he, bet some people traveled for that race. He came into town for the race. Yeah. So, and I think before that, he was, he'd been training with Phil Guyman. So, oh, fun. So, so he, he was fit. <laughs> he was fit. Um, he did the time section in like six hours and 20 minutes. He won by about four minutes. Dang. So it was still pretty. Tenth tight. place was a professional triathlete. I've actually raced Curtis Feltner. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Go Curtis. No, the top know, what else are they going to do? There's all these triathletes yeah. and cyclists in the Bend area, but these yeah. people traveled. We did have three teammates that went down and did it. Yes, uh, sir. Chris Surratt, Terry Hamdes mm-hmm. Jr., and Eric Taft. They all competed in it, so good for them. How'd they do? Do you remember? Um, did Surratt do okay? I think I mean, if you just make just it through that race, for- that's amazing. Surratt yeah. competes in the 40 to 49 category, and I think he was in the top quarter of it. Yeah. This guy is likes a, to race, man. Yeah, he likes to race. It's a long day. Yeah. So um, but that's like right up his alley, like 100 mile. Yeah, you can do it. That's one of the reasons why I ended up beating him in a few cyclocross races last oh. year, because he was in 100 mile shape, not 50, 40 minute, 50 yeah. minute shape. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, yeah, they they all did great. They, it was good for them for doing that. So big things. There was also a time trial up in the Seattle area. Again, they had one the week before. Uh, time trials something we yeah. can actually put off during COVID times yep. if if they're in counties that will allow it to happen. And so right. the the venue for the time trial had to be switched to a different place because. The mm-hmm. city revoked their permit to do it that they were supposed to hold it in. So, oh. they, so they just moved it back to the same city they had it. In yeah. a city, we're talking tiny little town yeah, of yeah, yeah. 3,000 in the Seattle area. So <clears throat> that was won by Will Teal. Um, he's, I believe, from the um, the area of Seattle. Um didn't really know anybody else in the results. Uh, we did have a local guy, Rob Tornai, who who races for Pacific Office Automation Team, which is here in the Portland area. He went up and did the race. He actually took third overall as a master athlete. Yeah, Rob is he's a super cool guy. He's, he's super strong on the yep. bike. I raced against him a bunch of times. He's always fun to race with. Yeah, super strong. Cool. Dang. Champ out. Champ <laughs> Bailey. <laughs> See you next time. Mm-hmm. All right, our topic for today, mental toughness and mental preparation. You guys got anything to say about that? Ooh. When is mental toughness dumb? Oh, <laughs> well put. 
well put. <laughs> when you fracture two ribs and decide at mile three <laughs> and decide and fifteen I still more miles was a good idea. <laughs> Nineteen more miles before I got home. Uh huh. So what do you guys have to say about this? There's a couple things that have come up that there was a, an article I sent you. Then there was another one by the Dylan Johnson guy um, on YouTube that we enjoy watching. He put out a little video, and I thought that this might be something good for us to talk about because we all have to, you know, kind of get through certain obstacles and humps and, and being able to do that with a little bit of uh, mental fortitude is sometimes necessary. So what do you guys got to say? Do I need to find the crickets button? <laughs> so has has Matt, have you read Endure yet? Because I feel like I've cited that book on here before. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. Okay, it's a book I'm, by I'm Alex. Gonna, I'm going to borrow from you because you talk about it sometimes. Yeah, so it's it's it. it's a book by Alex Hutchinson who was on the Breaking 2 project, which was when Kipchoge went yep. under two hours. And not to well, bring running back into this, but when we're talking so about we're mental fortitude, we're talking podcast. about a guy who's got, you know, he's got some pretty decent amount of mental fortitude. But uh, I, I like the points that he was making throughout that is like what limits human performance. Because I think whenever we're talking about mental toughness, it's it's meandering and finding our ways around those barriers, which is different for every single person. For some people, running under you know twenty four minutes in a five k would be an immense amount of mental fortitude, a ton, you yeah. know, so so much. Same idea with somebody just making it through their first century. So I think it's all relative really yeah. relative because i know some very talented aerobic athletes that i would say lacked a lot of mental fortitude that i think were just gifted quite a bit and then just i mean it's 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 a sport that requires a threshold of mental fortitude because you got to be able to train over and over to ever get faster but i think it's when we're talking about certain levels there's definitely like here's your mental fortitude that is required to be racing at this level but yeah, I think I think it depends on on the person and the situation. So let me just throw a couple questions out there for you guys. First one, and we'll run around the table, and then you guys can respond accordingly. What is the toughest thing that you've ever had to overcome or endure while doing any kind of fitness or training or a race? That and and how did you do that? What did you use to focus on? Um, Lance, I know that you've done some pretty nuts stuff, and I can think of some gravel, multi-D gravel stage races that were probably pretty difficult, but that's probably the first thing that comes to mind for you, but I'm sure there might be something else too. What is it for you? What was the hardest thing, and how did you come over it? Actually, I, I, for me, the the first thing that comes to mind was was my Ironman triathlon race. I, I had to was bring this back to triathlon. That was going to be the Beijing I was, when yeah. you did the Great Wall Either marathon. way, it's going to get brought back to triathlon no matter what. Well, so you might as well start. So the when I ran the when I ran a marathon on the Great Wall, uh-huh. I did not have any time goal anything. It was just finish. And yeah. so because I had no goal other than finish, didn't hurt as you much. You didn't have to push as deep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I had I had different goals for mm-hmm. that. Uh, when I did Ironman Canada, I think it was 2005. I think it was 2005. I can't remember now. When I did Ironman Canada, and I was trying to qualify for um, the World Championships in Kona, um, and I've told this story before, but I was done. <laughs> my body, I felt like my body was done at mile three of the marathon. Yeah. And okay. how many miles are in a marathon? There's 26.2 so you only, miles. You only had 23.2 I had 23.2 miles to go. <laughs> I was at mile three thinking, no way. I think it's I when Vegan Cyclist also said he hated running this. Yeah. during his video. Yeah. Uh, but that was one of those things where I was already in a very good position in the race. Right. I had a goal of trying to finish not just in a certain time, but a certain place in the race. 
and um, I, I just pushed everything else out of my head and just said, okay, I, I feel like my, well, that's the other crazy thing. When you think that you're done and you're about to die, oh, there's a whole lot left. Oh, yeah, there is. I ran for three and a half more hours. Yeah. yeah. That's the scarier thing to realize, actually. <laughs> right. It's almost, that's almost where, like, I think not, like, blowing up, some people may say, like, oh, man, he put it all in and blew up. I think not blowing up is the more tough thing to do of, like, dance right on that line. Right. Because that's a line you can actually hold for a pretty scary long time. Yeah. You hold that line for way too long. Well, and that's what happened, you know, I by mile 15, I was, like, walking every aid station but barely holding on and not stopping but when i got to mile 25 and i had a mile to go yeah and i realized how close i was i just like then you can go i just put my head down and went and i was going so hard and i've told the story before that the my peripheral vision was closing yeah. on me i could see the peripheral vision my, this these black edges slowly creeping towards the center of my vision and i knew if that went all the way i was tumbling yeah you're down <laughs> i was i would out and so i'm and I, i'm running at a blistering pace it was probably nine minute pace at this at point. point we don't know could have been sick it could have been sick we have no idea <laughs> we'll go with we'll go with sub six but i would be like the gps was out by this point <laughs> i'd pick up the pace and this blackness would creep towards the middle of my vision and i would back off a little bit and it would creep back out and i'm like oh my gosh i am on the edge and uh yeah i was able to push all the way to the end i, I turned out I ran the whole marathon. It was barely under four hours. I think I ran like a 358 or a 359. Uh, I did not qualify for Kona. <laughs> I missed the so I missed was, the spot by like 90 seconds. <laughs> but what that taught me was, okay, I, I'm able to push a whole lot farther than I thought because there was probably a point, you know, five, six miles into the race where I probably should have just called it a day and yeah. not even finished the race yeah but i went that much farther and that was all about what was in my head what was pushing me all this work i'd done for like three years leading up mm -hmm. to this it was there was so much riding on this race i just had this goal that would not leave my mind yeah and i realized that a, a, a lot of endurance sports it's about pain management how well do you oh yeah handle the pain mm -hmm. can running fast that's about pain management other than there's there's yeah. some there's excruciating yeah. amount of pain there's excruciating amount of pain and it doesn't pain really it. matter the distance wasn't, it could be 10k 5k or marathon yeah. wasn't there wasn't there a professional marathon he used to call himself he said i'm not a i'm not a professional runner i'm a professional pain manager i actually think he used that exact term yeah, yeah i can't remember who the coach was though i'm gonna i'm gonna think of it here at some point but, but yeah that's yeah he parked on exactly what you're talking about yeah, yeah. That's, that's what i found that it's for me so I definitely agree with every part of that. Like Ironman yeah. definitely for me is definitely, you know, when I think of like, what's, when did you go deep where, you know, when did you have to be mentally tough? Definitely Ironman, definitely in the marathon of the Ironman. Yeah. And same thing I find, I'm, and I don't think this is an example of me having mental strength, but you got, I got so bad off at mile, you know, by mile 22 or whatever. I'm just angry at the whole situation thinking like i'm not gonna break 10 hours because i'm so toast right now and all i have to do is run 10 minute pace to finish it up and i would break 10 hours couldn't do it yeah yeah and then 
you get to a certain point and it's like two miles to go and then back going seven minute pace. Right. Which is ridiculous. Just you like, all of a sudden, yeah. Your body kind of comes around. You're like, I can taste the finish line. And it's not great, but like you can ignore the pain enough for those last two miles. But like, why couldn't I have done that, you know, for the last six miles yeah. or well, whatever it was? And this is mental why, mental toughness was. And this there. is why I definitely want you to, to, to read that book I'm sure. talking about. They, they, I mean, they go into uh one one chapter they talk really, really well about the importance of interval training goes to actually starting to inhibit your your mind's reaction to an impulse so think of it like we'll bring it back to biking at the end of the day are you building up mitochondria density capillary density improving your central aerobic ability yeah those things are all happening as you're you know building your big training load but one of the more important things i really think actually gets shoved away is the fact that let's say you want to do 10 by two minutes at 300 watts you guys know there's some days you'll jump on the bike and that feels not easy, but very manageable. Yeah. It, it, it feels like you could do five more. There's some days you hop on there and do two and it feels terrible. What was different about those two days? A lot of it comes down to that central inhibitor. Your mind does not want to go to certain places. The more you train your mind to continually be exposed to that impulse, the easier it feels the next time, the easier it feels the next time. So mental toughness is really something you have to practice just like anything else, just yeah. like swim form, just like run form, just like bike intervals, and just like cornering. You have to practice it. Growing up doing it like Lance did is going to help, you know, yeah. like every activity you did growing up, all that track stuff, you practice being mentally tough. So yeah. I think there's some real value there. It's not going to come easy all the time, but it's definitely going to help that you have a history of Sure. being mentally tough one one of the stories that i tell people in any type of long endurance event whether it's a century ride or it's an iron man or it's a marathon mm-hmm. or something like that you, even it, this could even be a 5k or your first you know road race there's gonna come a point in that race where you have to have one thing pushing you on mm-hmm. beyond what you right. think you've planned for. It can't just be, I'm just doing this for my health. Right. Or yeah. or it yeah. it might not even be, I just want to make it to the finish line because you can make it, you can walk to the finish line. You yep. can walk your bike to the finish line. You yeah. could do that. But if if you want to perform, there's going to be a point where right. everything is telling your body to quit and you have to embrace that <laughs> And say, no. My goal is more important. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. My yeah. goal is more well, important. Well, for you, it was like qualifying for Ironman, yeah. right? And for me, like that was like, I have to break 10 hours. This is ridiculous yeah. if I don't do it, right? Like there's anger there. There was that goal in mind. I mean, obviously, I wanted to qualify for world championships and other stuff too. But like the 10 was there and it was close. And it was like, yeah. this is going to be a close one. I better step it up <laughs> right, and make it happen. And I think just... You know, I think anytime you've done athletics for a long time too, you yeah. embrace those goals and you've learned to figure out like yeah. a goal is going to be scary and yeah. it's going to be hard and you're yeah. going to have to hurt to do it. So yeah. I think the other part, you know, we've probably seen in some of the articles and things like that is that knowing that it's going to hurt and embracing that pain is going to make it better. Mm-hmm. No, like yeah. making pain your friend, right? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I'm going to do a workout tomorrow. That's going to hurt. This is part of the process. Hurting is good. If it yeah. didn't hurt, then I got to go harder yeah. because it's supposed to hurt. Yeah. So this 
familiarity with hurt, familiarity with pain, and then yeah. embracing it. Yeah, there I has to be helps. like a mental, like a mental reframing of that too, because I think some, and you know, maybe people have been around endurance sports a lot. You watch like Kona's coverage of Ironman, or you watch the Tour de France, and all you see is like what looks like self-induced suffering basically you know i mean right. no n- no tour de france winners ever looked awesome on the you know 20th turn of alpe d'huez ever like you know they they look like they're in a rough place but um you know i'll cite phil guyman's best is this is self-selected suffering and if you don't enjoy it it's not worth it so i mean he put it very very well when we're talking about once you get into that mental negative mindset of this sucks, this is just suffering. Why am I doing this? You've already lost the battle at that point because you're probably not going to be able to reproduce that over and over again. You may be fast for a year or two, but you're not making a lifetime out of endurance sports. Then you've got to find those moments where it's like, man, this sucks. And that is a good thing. This is really fun right now. Like, and it's you, if you can find in those moments where it sucks bad, you know, I mean, I'll just, and I, I know I already told the, the whole story, but I'll use that, that Eversack example. And I told Lance, that was a blast until 10 hours. Right. Like, which, you know, I mean, 10 hours of climbing should be very uncomfortable and suffering. It was uncomfortable. But and the last hour was terrible. Oh, it was not fun. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was not fun, but there was moments during that where I had to keep on telling myself like, well, the first 10 hours was fun. You got to find some, give me two seconds of fun every 60 seconds. Like, that's it. <laughs> I had to keep on playing that mental game of like, okay, think of something fun. Think of something enjoyable. Yeah, that's good. I think, yeah. I think mentally it's, I mean, one of the things that took me a very long time to learn was if I'm happy in a race, I will race well. Oh yeah. And that was because your mind doesn't inhibit then. Right. When it's you're like, happy, your mind's going to be less likely to inhibit. You're, you're everything. It's just, everything is easier. So you have to have that moment where you're like, take a deep breath, like whatever, look at the tree. The tree is pretty like whatever it is that, that mental uh-huh. break for me to just take that second off of the suffering and yeah. the pain or whatever. And be like, and even, even in an Ironman, like I remember swimming the Arizona spot and it was like, that water's gross. It's not, it's not a great swim. <laughs> and, and I was like, I am so glad that I get to swim and bike and run all day today. Like it was just like, I was so happy. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. And I was like, just thankful that I was able to do that. And I think that that makes a lot of the harder stuff a lot it easier. And, it and then I also think I perform better yeah. when I'm in that mood. So especially in those like self-deprecating kind of disappointing moments, if you can find some positivity in that, it'll help you in the next moments. Cause like, I mean, we're sure. all, we're all talking about things that last hours Right. right and right. hours and hours and hours i mean you're talking about an iron man you're like nine ten hours talking about a century you're but at least five six hours even yeah even collegiately when i was racing like 8k cross country or 10k on the track mm-hmm. right because those are very you know well the 10k on the track is super monotonous you know <laughs> look at that pole again there's it's the pole again like, <laughs> yeah but you know Same you have pole. your lap did i hit my split gotta be 74 yeah. need to hit my split and it's like you know you come through and you're just like you know then you're on the straightaway again. And it's basically, I mean, it's super mind numbing, but you can take your mind somewhere else and be like, mm-hmm. Hey, it's, it's, it's night. It's a night 10 K. This is cool. Yeah. And like, that's enough for me to be like, okay, this is going to be a good race. Yeah. Or the opposite can sometimes happen where you're like, uh, that didn't go well. This that is going to be, I wanted. <laughs> this is going to be bad. <laughs> this yeah. is the first mile and that guy's moving very fast. Yeah. And I don't feel or like I can. a lot of it's like when you get past, and then you get passed again. Yeah. And like, those are just, I mean, I, I think all of us struggle and I see this as a coach a lot where it's like, this person's great until they get passed and then they are done. They just shut down. So, yeah. and I think it happens to me or everyone, you know, getting past is hard. Mm-hmm. But it's similar in a bike race. Yep. Say oh, you're yeah. um, in a breakaway with six other guys yeah. and you 
lose contact with the six guys. Yes. Yeah. As you're, soon as you're off the back and you realize you can't get back on because you gapped a little too much, you, your brain just goes, I think, I'm done. I that. think I'm yeah. going bice- back to the peloton. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm bike done. racing has got to be the tough. And this, oh, the, 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 this would be tough. I think mentally, mentally bike racing is the toughest. Because I still remember that sensation of being like dropped from a pack. I mean, you can yeah. in triathlon that that kind of happens. It, and it honestly, and I'm even, somebody who's been dropped from quite a few packs well, last year. So I and know, you and I like, both kind of like tend different. to work our way through the field yeah, as we go exactly. through, which helps, I think. Yeah. But also, I just I still think that if someone passes you in triathlon, it's not as big of a deal. No. Bike biking, racing, that's big. If biking, if it's like over. three people passed you and you're going back to the pack or something like that, you're you're checked out. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I it's mean, mentally very difficult. Yeah, like on a climb, if you're in the Peloton, you're like getting dropped out the back. It's not like you'd be like, oh, don't worry, I'll catch him later. No, it's like you're nope. you're pretty much gone at yep. that point. You're going to have to put in a monstrous effort. So Yeah. Yeah. And even if you're pushing ridiculous watts and you're like, I'm going to push 400 watts for a big block of time and, you're, and you don't make any progress, it's like, oh, that's... You know, like I guess I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there's no. It's I don't know. Rough. It's very hard to be mentally that rough. mentally tough. <laughs> yes. And yeah. maybe someone there that can do it be like, yeah, I got dropped off the pack and I had to hammer the whole last little bit, and I, you know, I pushed hard and great. But all, I think all of us somewhere in there are just like, eh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Don't always give up, though, because you never know what's going to happen. You never know. A road yeah. race is like a yeah. weird animal, weird beast. I actually had a race that we did. Um, before COVID times, before car accidents and all that other stuff, it was the, the Montanor uh, road race. So it was back when they still did eight laps of that particular race. I was racing in the master's field and it was um, 48 or 50 miles, something like that. I was not feeling well that day at all. I didn't have any power. I did zero work, like literally zero work at the front of the Peloton. That's not my MO. I was barely able to like support my teammates. I fell out of the caravan twice. And the, the chase car came around me and I'm like, my day's over. And for whatever reason, the Peloton slowed up in certain sections because of the antics, because of certain people not wanting to pull or different dynamics that were going on. That happened twice. Both times I jumped back into the group. Yeah. And I kept I kept riding. And I remember Michael Myers was in that field. And we came around to the end. And I felt like crap the entire race, like absolutely terrible. Yeah. And when the end came and you had to do that um, that last climb up, that little corkscrew climb, I can't remember what the name of the, the climb is, to the finish line for the hilltop finish, something happened in my body. And I knew that I wasn't personally going to do well, but I wanted to help Michael because Michael was in a good position to potentially win his race. And I gave it everything that I had up that and I ended up actually getting second place in my field. And I felt terrible for that because I literally did nothing the entire day. I took full advantage of just sitting on wheels all day long. I don't understand how it did, but, um, and Michael just missed first place, um, by, it was maybe like half a wheel length and you, we've got a picture of him and I think he actually got a, a verbal warning from Obra for a a little choice word. Um, but yeah, it was it was a weird thing how your body can sometimes just summons like when you kind of focus on something. And that was that one thing for me. It was like, I want to help Michael. Yes. And I didn't That's think huge. I was going to last as long as I did. I'm like, if I can be good for one thing, I'm going to help a teammate out for a period of this to, to lead him up a, a climb and to ha- let him get a little bit of a draft advantage and sitting on my wheel. And I'm going to tuck her out and I'm going to be done. And for some reason, I was able to go a little bit longer, those competitive juices, I guess. Yeah. And it, it, that that's what ended up happening. I yeah. very easily could have, and, it, and I almost did, 
three times going around those eight laps, I almost stopped and just went rode back to the the, the, the staging area and just called it a day because I really did not feel well. And I just said, no. And for me, I, I can't stand the idea of looking back at my race results and seeing a DNF. Yeah. That DNF right yeah. there was a huge motivating factor for me. I'm like, that's not going to happen. The only time a DNF is going to happen for me is if I go down and I'm just not physically able to ride a bike again. So, you anyway, know, yeah. those were a couple of things. Has anybody DNF'd here? No. I'm sure I have. I've, I know yeah. once in a oh, Wednesday night local triathlon, oh, my bike it. broke. Yeah. But that yeah. was that was it. Like that was my only broke. <laughs> but yeah. I, I slashed a tire in yeah. a Portland short track race, and it just would not hold any air any for yeah. anything. And yeah, I just yeah. threw in the towel in that race. Yeah, PIR, I think it's good. Lance, have you ever DNF'd? I'm thinking. Yeah. And I can't. Nothing's coming to mind. Do do we all have kind of a? I have. I, I think everybody at this table's got the same idea. I always I noticed when I got in the sport. I, I remember like my mom and I was talking about this before. Puzz has done some incredibly. I know she's listening to this incredibly stupid finishes before. Where it's like she should have just <laughs> called it a day. She finished uh, the sprint world championships for triathlon on two broken ribs after a fall. And, but yeah, she. So I I, I remember when I got in sports scene. That as an example, I was always like, you just don't DNF. Yeah. Like just. If you're, you know, it's almost like that, that Jan, now I'm not comparing myself to Jan Ferdano by any means, but Jan Ferdano went into Kona one year, the defending champion and walked right. the marathon. That I, I respect walked, that a lot. Oh, and I, Daniela I gave Reece, so much respect. Daniela Reese, same thing. I was like, same thing. Yeah. Sh- I was like, that girl's tough. I, I think, and I'm not trying to talk down any, I'll just talk only about the pros because there are other situations in the age group and where it's like, yes, for your health, please do not finish it. Like yeah. you finishing this oh, race yeah. would be very dangerous to your health. But from a pro perspective, I lose a ton of respect for somebody who DNFs. I think there's, I different, just do. there's just, different spots, right? That's just where my gut like, reaction from if it. If you though. see someone yeah. throwing up on the side of the road, like I remember yeah. the, probably one of the first DNFs I ever had was like, shoe in to qualify for state. Didn't qualify mm-hmm. because I'm on the side of the track throwing up. Yeah. And it's like, different story. And yeah. I, then I, I, so I threw up, did another lap, kept throwing up or whatever. And then I, you know, the, <laughs> little Matt's like laying on the side of the I'm track. I'm just like, dead, yeah. I can't finish this race. And it was something short, like a mile or two mile or something yeah. like that. It wasn't long. Yeah. But like, in the coach is like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You're, you stepped off the track anyway. You're thrown up. You're, you would have been disqualified or whatever. But like, yeah you're, yeah, you're done. You know, he didn't care. But I'm just thinking like, I didn't finish a race. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. But I think when you, when you see, like, I'm thinking of uh, Sarah True. Same sort of thing where yes. she was very dizzy. And I don't even still count vi- that as a DNF for her because. Well, what that, do you call that? It's a DNF. I know, but God, that's such a different story. Well, like, like when you know, so anybody who doesn't know the story, Sarah True in, oh God, what was Germany? Race? It was, it was in Frankfurt, new, wasn't it? Frankfurt, yes. Frankfurt full. And she so it she was needed very this hot. to qualify for Kona. She needed. She had one yeah. more chance to qualify for Kona. She's the, one of the top Americans, if mm-hmm. not the top American. Yeah. And she was extremely dizzy. And you see it, yeah. and they're, they're following she's her. In she's in the, the lead. She's in the lead. With like 200 meters left. They're following her with the camera. Yeah. All she has to do to finish. And she looked horrible. Yeah. If you ask her about it, she's like, they should have let me finish. Because she basically yeah. like passed out and like wiped out. And then the yeah. medic people are helping her. And then, you know, next thing, because yeah. she doesn't know anything what's going on at that no. point. So she was she trying comes, to wave them off, actually, if I remember right. I think she, pretty, she pretty well, because rough. one of the medics, I think, came up to her a little bit earlier when she was walking. And the walk just looked terrible. Like the, the walk looked like, oh, God, like, somebody grab her. Like, it's this the is super be bad. drunk walk, right? Yeah. It's like the, ooh, And she was like waving the them off. And this is the, the very dangerous part of endurance sports. Yes. I'm I'm talking about you know that 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 DNF to me doesn't count because you got to look at them at, at at each scenario and with 200 meters left in the lead there's there's right. something bad that happened there right medically 
she medically not, necessary I don't think she DNFs. Have that one. Yeah. yeah. There are DNFs but, where people just aren't feeling it that day. And that's, I don't know, that, that just sits with me wrong at that top level. I used to know, and I used to actually see this a lot with foreign athletes, like in mm-hmm. particular, I'm, I don't I hate to call it like a country, but like all these like British runners. And it was like, they'd be running and they would get passed and they would just step off the track. Like, nope. See, I don't like that. Yeah, I, I it was like, and, and we that, used to have a name for it. The wrong We'd way. be like, yeah. "Hey, mental." Any sort of like, anytime that happened, like, uh, this person immediately got like the mental yeah. midget. Like, yeah, that's exactly. Your, that's your new nickname. Like, exactly. That's your game. Like, yeah. and it was just yeah. like, you can't do this. You can't do no. this sport. You're not tough enough. Like, no. it was it was tough, but you know, granted, they're you know they're thinking, well, I don't want my name next to this time, and I still have a lot of high school athletes that are, don't want to do a tough course. They don't want their name next to a time that's certain, you know, slow or whatever it is. Man, I've had, some, I've had my name next to some real bad times. Yeah. Like, but like, I think I you have to a half marathon before <laughs> you have to realize like, no one's really looking at this stuff. No, nobody cares. And, and if they are, then, you know, prove them wrong the next time. Go yeah. out there and be like, yeah, that was a fluke. People have bad races. Yeah. You know, and it's very hard to tell a high school kid that, but it's a good it's, lesson. It's what it is. Yeah. Man, we were lucky that we had less internet and, yeah. or no internet. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, and that's like, times. I mean, for, for, for me, bringing it back to cycling, too, you think of like the sprinters in the auto bus of the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. I got so much respect for those guys. Those guys are trying to make a cutoff time from people who weigh 50 pounds less than they do, I, soaring up those mountains. Well, They're exhausted from the sprint stage the day before. I mean, there, <laughs> like, there's only so many of those sprinters that finished. Like, the whole yeah. the whole thing is like, well, the plan is to drop out after the first week. Like, yeah. they, they will plan for that this is why the green jersey winners historically are amazing like peter sagan i know he gets a lot of credit and everything his mental toughness is not some people would check as like a strength of his he's got amazing mental toughness yeah because winning the green jersey meant you finished every single stage stage. way off the back like way way off the back yeah I mean, we're 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 well, watching that Optus stage, thinking like, "Oh man, now what a great day by Chris Froome!" And you're not thinking 50 minutes down the road is like Mark Cavendish hauling his you know 40 <laughs> pounds more up the climb. <laughs> yeah. I think any of those sprinters that are on the Champs Elysees are just like I'm always like, "Man, oh, that way. person put in yeah. three weeks of, <laughs> and they're not built for this." No. And no. they're just, you know, hoping for those. Every time situations. Andre Greipel makes it there. Yeah. You're like, what an amazing athlete! <laughs> Somebody give He's that guy a, a beer guy. right now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So you guys don't just like wake up and think that you're going to go for like a 20 mile bike ride. And next thing you know, you're doing like a double century. Uh, you guys all prepare for this stuff. You guys all go out and you, you train and do all that stuff. But how do you guys mentally prepare for the day that you're going to go out and you're going to like take all that said preparation and just pour yourself into it? How do you guys mentally package that up in your head so that you can get through this knowing that, you know, you're going to make this happen? How, how do you guys how do you guys prepare for that? I think a lot of times people will talk about visualizing where it's going to get hard. Yep. You know, and so I think that that's a a standard tool to use. You know, um, I think if Lance were to say like, okay, I'm going to do 200 miles. This is going to like, I don't like to do 200 miles. I'm good for 150 or 130. What's your cutoff? Something like that. Somewhere in that one, (laughs) 120, 130 range. I'm fine there. there, But if he was going to do, if he was going to do 200, he would be, you know, I think it would be good for him to say like, I know that at two, you know, at one thirty, I'm going to feel horrible. And like this in this part of the course is 130 mile marker. So then, you know, like you can kind of see like, okay, you know, some people even do this. Like they'll like walk through mentally the whole course, like going to pass this. And I remember I passed this junction and I remember I passed that pool where everyone's, you know, having a good time in the pool and I'm on my bike. Like how do you mentally prepare to see those things and keep pushing? 
you can visualize it the day before or the week mm-hmm. before or whenever. And sometimes I think visualizing will yeah. definitely help with that kind of like, okay, check mark that came, came and went just like I thought it was going to. Yep. And this is the part up here where it's supposed to start hurting. And then you kind of like attack it a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, for me, it's really just knowing my body and knowing that, yeah, you're going to go do work and yep. being able to have yeah. tools now that we can look at and see what's going on with our heart rate. Mm-hmm. We can look at, you know, kilojoules expended for, you know, mm. sake of knowing how much we need to fuel our bodies. We can look at our knowing power numbers. Watch you can push. Exactly. Yeah. How many it's watts we should be barrier. pushing and for how long. Having that stuff at my disposal mm-hmm. is huge for me knowing that I'm mentally prepared for that. If I have that, then I can have like a, a good working idea of what my body's going to be able to do. But then I also have to have like some motivators, you know, and, and having mm-hmm. like teammates that I want to be accountable to or yeah. um, little things too. Like my kids know that I go out and I train hard and I, mm-hmm. I go out and I, I like to race bicycles. I don't want to come home and, say, and have them say, how did you do dad? And say, Oh, I, I quit the race or you yeah. know, I was just tired. Yeah. I didn't do, I, I don't want, I want to come home with like a good story or if I didn't have a good race, at least, I, I, I gave that. it everything that I yeah. could and I didn't give up and, and just kind of let it be a lesson for me and for them. So yeah, having think, those little things together. I think that's where you three have, I have a cool motivator there and I see all three of you do, you know, and just the way your kids look at you and hopefully I think your kids will talk, I mean, talk about you. Like I talk about my mom through, through this podcast as somebody who you, you looked up to in those moments when like, you know, once you get to a certain age, you realize like, oh, wow, you know, when dad went and raced Montnor, that was a hard race, especially yeah. if, you know, Bear goes and starts doing road races. Like my dad, like one that, you know, was, was up there in this race one year and yeah. realizing then at that moment, how hard those are. Yeah. That's an awesome lesson looking back, yeah. you know? And I still like think back about STP, Seattle to Portland. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a mentally tough situation. Yeah. Yes. It's like it's a boring ride. It's well, it's long. It's not that it's like a, a racer. I mean, they do have a little bit of a timed component. Yeah. to it. we always want to go out there and time it's travel. A long day. It's just a long freaking day. Like, yeah. how do you how do you mentally prepare for that? And and yeah. it's really just like having friends, knowing what your body's able to do, and just kind of like checking off. Like, it's funny how you just like chew off and, and like, all right, another twenty five miles in the bank, another fifty miles in the bank, okay, another hundred miles to go. And it's just funny like how you are able to kind of compartmentalize mm-hmm. those and not yeah. look at the big picture, but looking at it in smaller chunks for me was definitely a way that I had the ability yeah. to get through that a little bit more successfully. So yeah. How about our teammate, Andy Levine, this past weekend? <laughs> Oh, this yeah. I totally was forgot to talk about that. Champ Bailey screwed up. <laughs> Come on, Champ. That was yeah. the other thing I was. Oh, it was way more important than Froome rumors. Yeah. So <laughs> he did race across Oregon. The race across Oregon. It was a 250 mile race. Correct. Um, it time trial type format. format correct. It, it kind of in the middle part of the state. Yeah. Well, they say it's race across Oregon, but it's more of like a big loop. Yeah. <laughs> it was the a middle of the state. So it's yeah. a little different than it's used, been in years past. Yeah. So, so he, um, Andy had a, a little bike spill probably a little over a year ago and ended up having shoulder surgery. Um, had a lot of similar things done to his shoulder that I had. Um, he torn labrum and r- rotator cuff stuff and kind of had to endure all that. He's in a position right now where he's set to actually go back in and have surgery to have his shoulder cleaned up. Very similar things to what I had to have done recently. He decided, knowing that full well, and I, I don't know how he did it, he's going to go ahead and do race across Oregon. Why not? You know, when you've got a massive shoulder problem. If you don't know Andy, he is what he's six four six five he's tall he's tall he's super lean he he's is a volume junkie too he is God, he's, 
yeah. diesel motor on the on the bike. Yeah. He I, I've done big long rides with him. He kind of is warmed up by about mile seventy. Yeah. Wow. And then beyond that, he's hard to hang on to. So he did this race. He's training. He's crazy. Like I, I I was looking at them. Like I mean, it's between him and Jordan every single week on who flogged themselves more. And yeah. Lance now too. Now yeah. it's. And he has mental toughness for days. He uh, he actually DNF'd, and it was because of his shoulder. And he doesn't think that he physically could have necessary done it without DNF. Yeah, <laughs> without hurting himself or having yeah. to be taken home in an ambulance. But he made it through. 230 miles of Jeez. a 250 yep. mile race oh. and the bulk of i think the the rest of the ride for him was going to be downhill but he just couldn't do anything on that shoulder anymore the shoulder was done it was finished and as a matter of fact he probably did more damage to it so his next surgery is probably going to be a little bit more involved than maybe it oh, was man. going to have to be but that's 14 and a half hours on the bike he did um <sighs> just a hair shy of 20,000 feet of elevation gain yeah that's that hurts so much elevation game. That hurts oh my so gosh. bad. So just um, check that off as he finished the race. That's no, my. I mean, just to get through thousand feet of elevation gain for yeah. that long. Jeez. Yeah, absolutely nuts. But that that's big kudos to Andy for that. Yeah. And that's a lot of mental toughness right there. I mean, I know that he was probably Jeez. feeling that probably before he even started. But like, I know with my shoulder before I had my shoulder surgery, I was having a hard time getting through 50 miles. Yeah. And like, you'd see me at like all of a sudden, like my arm would be yeah. hanging down or I'm putting excessive weight on the right side and barely touching the bars to the left side. And it's yeah. still problematic, but it's getting better, hopefully. And I, I know that him being on the bike for 14 and a half hours, that's, that takes a special athlete oh. right there. Kudos, Andy. I mean, that is cheese. Yeah. Crazy. Anything else you guys want to touch on here um i would just bring up there's there's five things that i think really help with with mental toughness go through that list and these these five things are are actually brought up by dylan johnson he made a youtube video about it we referenced it a little earlier but i think they're pretty spot on the first and we've talked a little bit about all of them Mm -hmm. uh the first is goal sitting yep yep having a goal will definitely help you get through tough times the second is Social facilitation. Totally. You go ride with people. You ride with other people. You ride with faster people than you. You'd be surprised at how much harder you can go if you're mm. with somebody than if you're by yourself. Yeah. So oftentimes, yeah, making There's a it social. huge mental aspect to that. Like, it's like um, I ride with Jake or something like that. And, like, I can ride with Jake. Some, I mean, on his easy days and stuff like that. But then, like, if I go line up, I'm like, oh, I, I raced. I mean, yeah. I can ride with Jake. I can race these chunks. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? There's like, it's a mental like hurdle that you, yes. you know, those guys mm-hmm. don't have or whatever's little mental tool in your toolbox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The third one is he called chunking, which chunking. means um, breaking up your ride or your effort into smaller chunks. Yep. Right. Uh, if, if you have three 20 minute sweet spot segment, you know, sections, intervals that you're going to yep. do that 20 minutes could be extremely difficult. And if you just think, okay, I'm just going to get through the next three minutes right? and then I'm going to get the mm-hmm. next three minutes. If you break it down like that, it can, it can spur you on right. to go a little and bit I think harder. every time we do an interval set that we work on mentally chunking, you know, oh, yes. a thing up. Cause like I could write a book on mentally chunking. Well, I love it from indoor training. Like, oh yeah. my gosh. Running you, you know, you, you, you're get used to it really early on you have this lapse and stuff, oh, but yeah. then like biking, yeah. The workouts can be so long that I look at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, look how long this is. It's not like 10 times a minute. It's like 
10 times a minute and then, and then 15 the times two set. minutes yeah. <laughs> and then back to 10 times. And you right. look at that and you're just like, nope. <laughs> and then you do it. Yeah. D- don't stare at bike programs. If you want to get a good workout, just go f- for a regular ride with Lance and then all this Lancing stuff happens. Lancing. And so you yeah, just don't, like by one don't even by think the about yeah. it. Exactly. You, you get go, to the end you're like, oh my gosh, that was like 20 efforts in there. One Lancing <laughs> moment. Just think of one at a time. <laughs> yeah, take a one at, just take it one at a time. Oh man. Uh, the fourth strategy is, we've talked a lot about this. It's embracing pain. Yeah. You yep. know, it's going to hurt at some point. If I know I'm going out and there's I have a workout on the schedule, there's going to be pain. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm okay with the suffering. I'm okay with the pain. If and You're, you're okay get with it. the scabs too? <laughs> you kind of you kind of get like excited scabs. about it to some point. I know yeah. when Matt was talking about visualizing certain races, you know, when I'm like running on a treadmill being bored out of my mind staring just at a wall, like what it. I'm all, all I'm thinking about just like Oh, you know, getting on the podium of pro race never going to actually happen, you know. But like right. something you can visualize and think about, and it's that moment of that suffering that you kind of start to idolize, and you're like, oh, that's going to be such a cool yeah. moment, as much as it's going to suck too. But it's yeah. it's a and I think an we awesome should, cool moment. I think we should probably preface the, in, you know, the enjoy the pain bit with there's different types of pain. Achilles oh, yeah. pain. No, you don't enjoy broken Achilles. rib yeah. pain. Yeah, they're yeah. very different than like your workout pain. Yeah, well, self induced pain is. Or even different. like my yeah. calf tear. It's like, yeah, eh, this is not good. No. This is not helping anything. No. Like, I want to have the pain where your lungs are burning. Yes, and your heart right. is in your throat. Yeah. Like that's good. We'll call and the your legs pain, feel yeah. heavy because yeah. they're full of lactic acid. That you've a, already worked mm-hmm. so hard. And and I yeah. think one of the things that you learn as you become an older athlete is which pain is okay and which mm-hmm. pain is not okay. Yeah. So that takes time. It does. It does. The last strategy is having no quitting attitude. Having an attitude where you just aren't going to quit. That can definitely help get you through difficult times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It could also get you in trouble. But it's like an Andy situation where you're 230 miles into a ride. You know? right. <laughs> it, can, it can definitely it can be dangerous for sure. Uh-huh. Or I crash and break some ribs, and right. I should have gone straight home. Instead, I rode 10 miles further away from my house. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You know, going back to that Andy thing too. I mean, it's not that he didn't finish the race and got a DNF. Mm-hmm. It's that he did 230 miles with a oh, jacked yeah. up with shoulder, jacked shoulder in tough conditions. It was hot out there. And oh, he, he made it that He's far. A big guy too. And, yeah. But it's like you said, it's almost just as important know to know when to stop. Though you've mm-hmm. got to you've got to know where that is at for you because yeah. there becomes a point in time where you could actually do some serious harm to yourself. That could be Absolutely. that could be a podcast all in itself. Well, and the, and this is the, the the problem is when you train your brain to adapt to mental toughness and make you a good aerobic athlete. Yeah, right. That line gets. I mean, like. And, and Jake knows this better than anybody, and Andy now knows it better than anybody, Lance and Matt, that, that line seems like it should be a firm line, and it's not, because yeah. your mind is going to start ignoring certain things. When that goal becomes the primary thing, you're going to yeah. start ignoring things. You'd be like, oh, the shoulder's okay. I think it's okay. I can't yeah. put any pressure on it right now, but it'll come back around at mile yeah. 300. You know, that's, right. No, you're, 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 your mind will start to block out things, so that that is a careful line to walk. Cool. Good stories, you guys. Good info. Good input. I appreciate that. One last thing, Evan. One last thing. I am going to. He's got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to you if you come across. Um, hold on. No, 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 no. I do have something. Robert. Oh yeah. Oh. Comments. Robert took down the Larch Mountain KOM That's on. Cool. I will preface this. Not their best day. No. Which is terrifying because <laughs> that means that Robert has a lot more in the engine, which is scary. So me and Mike 
I will be fully open with this because I've already told Robert we're going after it. Yeah. So me, me and Mike are going to take some time to build as much fitness as we can. I don't know how much more I can build. I'm just going to try. And we're going to go after it. And then Robert has, has already put it out there that they're going to go out there and get it back. As soon so, as you guys take it as back. As soon as we do it. So me and Mike have to do something really, 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 really I think strong. it's worse where if you get it, I'm coming I'm back coming for right it. Back I'm coming right back for it. That's Just awesome. a level of confidence that's terrifying. I know. I mean, I know the numbers. Like, I know what my watts per kilo is. I know what Robert's is. Mine is not Robert's, which means if we're going to line up on a climb for 20 minutes, Robert's going to win. So how do I beat somebody? Robert's probably a little bit lighter than, than you, too. Yeah. Just definitely. a touch. Eat more of those cookies. 10 pounds. That'll help yeah, your watts per kilo. Lunch. I think cookies for, <laughs> cookies for, cookies lunch. for lunch. It works yes. for Phil Guyman. Yes. <laughs> but yes, Robert, kudos, kudos. Kudos so, on that. I'm so glad I have somebody that's this strong of a climber. Same thing with Tonk. Same thing with Mike. That we can just go back and forth on these climbs, and then I can just end up in last place. You have fun with it. I saw it. <laughs> good. I wonder if he, he could probably beat us on the e-bike too, huh? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past Robert. There's Lance. I think you and I need to go out there and put a strong effort into it on the e-bikes, on, just to see e-bikes, just see, see if we can what, see what the like. gap is. Yeah. It could be interesting. I just need Lance. I need you on the e-bike next to me, playing like Rocky montage the that. entire time. I need something. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. I, that's fun. I need all the Team Sky marginal gains I can get <laughs> to even get close to what Robert's going to put down on that climb have again. You been, have you been riding the e-bike at all? Um, yeah, every day to the mail. Have you gone to the mail? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Wrote up Ellsworth with them on Saturday. I, yes. Um, our All our wives went out for a ride. There was a okay. group ride of like uh, eight women or something, yeah. and Jake's wife and my wife went. You were riding with a couple ladies on That was Saturday? the end of that ride. That yeah, that was my wife and uh, Jenny Hamness. Oh, cool. Yeah, they um, they left my house to go meet some other people, and so they left about 40 or 45 minutes ahead of me, and I decided at some point in time I'm like, I'm probably going to have other things going on this afternoon. I might as well go for a ride. I might as well try and catch them. So when I left my house, I was at the bottom of Sierra, kind of close to Lacamas Athletic Club, and they were already two-thirds of the way down um, the 205 bridge. Mm-hmm. I caught him. <laughs> you had to put your head down and go. Yeah, for an hour. I was on for an hour. Pretty hard. So that was fun. Pretty awesome. Yeah. And I, I joined the ride for like half a mile on the e-bike because <laughs> I was hurting. Yeah, I was hurting. <laughs> It's good the for uh, injury awesome. recovery. The e-bike is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Matt, one last thing. Uh, oh, the Trek video. Go check that out. Go, Go watch the Trek, the Trek video. video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learn why you shouldn't put weight on the aero bars or handlebars of your Trek <laughs> bikes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. <laughs> if you need me, I'll be working on that bike for another couple weeks. Lovely. Lance, one last thing. Uh, that's it. Go ride e-bikes. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. E-bikes. Mm-hmm. We've got some e-bikes down here at the lab if anybody wants Rubber to come check them down. out. Rubber side down. Rubber side down, everybody. Pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, my one last thing, I've got a cool little orange bracelet here that says Ooh, fitness yeah. is a habit. And I, think, I love this. Wow, thing. Hold so on. Cool. So you guys all have one too? I thought it was special. Oh, I got one. Oh. No. <laughs> this is cooler than Live Strong bracelets. Yeah, Evan, you want to tell us about this one more time? <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Cliff Stanford. So if everybody remembers when we had Cliff on the podcast before. Yeah. How many podcasts go? Is that the four? Two or three, maybe. Three or four, yeah. Three, okay. or, th- three or four ago, yep. So he has a Instagram page and also just this this project he's working on called Fitness is a Habit, which is kind of chronicling, it was originally chronicling Cliff's kind of fitness journey, you know, working on, working on himself and then really grew into something where like everything Cliff does, he's always got a community mindset and it became this thing that he wants to grow in the community. And 
um, this is, you know, the, the bracelets. It's F-I-A-H is what it's shortened to on um, Instagram. But, yeah, go follow him on Instagram. And he's been putting out a lot of stuff lately since COVID has hit, which I think is huge because when we're talking about being healthy, fitness is a big part of that. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Cliff. We yes. appreciate it. Thank you, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. And they're orange. Even yes, better. they are. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Matches nicely. Dialed cycling covers. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. 126 is done and in the uh, the old computer now, so we'll, we'll call it a day. We really appreciate everybody coming back to listen. If you're interested in that Patreon stuff, go to dialedpodcast.com to check out the Patreon link there. Um, go check out Matt's YouTube channel. That's uh, – what's y- that? VVV. VV. <laughs> www.youtube.com slash M Legrand, M L E G R A N D. And subscribe. Poser pop star, man. The other one. He's good too. Subscribe to both of them, but hit the notification bell on mine. What does that notification bell do, Matt? It tells you when I post new videos, which is about once per week. Ooh, okay. awesome. If you have any questions regarding injuries or fitness or bike fits or have questions for or, a PT, you can... Uh, or just want to hang out with me. You te- or te- <laughs> technology. Technology questions. Uh, ele- you, electronics. You, you can leave those one to the Emily Grant station. But yeah. <laughs> you can uh, visit the Dialed Endurance Lab website to contact Evan and get more information on the lab. And Evan's always here to help you. Um, if you want to see some cool Instagram pictures, go to uh, Dr. Hep. Is that it? At Dr. Hep. D R H E P P. Go check out Brandy's page, too. Sorry. Oh, yeah. It's way cooler. Brandy Hepler Art. I know. Yes. That is awesome. Her art page She's is posting awesome. a lot. It's yeah, good. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And if you want to reach me, don't. I'm just too busy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just schedule the appointment, yes. guys. Schedule an appointment. Go to Dial. Schedule an appointment. Dialcycling.com. Thank you for listening again. We will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye for now.